you are the byproduct of everything that you've ever done, good or bad. It's only in your present time that you're able to see the things that you've done with your experience and realize that the moves that you did were correct, incorrect. Welcome guys to the OG podcast. Today we got a real original, Nate from Carpe Diem. Carpe Natum. Carpe Natum, sorry. <laughs> Carpe it's Natum. a podcast with my name on it for those of you who have never heard of me. My name is Nate De La Hoya. Excited to be on here with Caleb and I am the host of the Carpe Natum podcast, which Caleb was one of our first guests. I think you're in the first 10. Oh, nice. I made the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do a ton of other things. You work in big tech. You do a lot of motivational speaking. You were in a screamer band. You've had, you've worn a lot of hats over the years. I have done my best to live as fun of a life as I can. And that has gotten me in trouble more times than I could think of because I genuinely feel that the time that we have on this world is finite and you should find some sort of purpose in this lifetime because if you don't, it just seems like everything that you're doing is meaningless and it becomes like nihilism where nothing is important so you kind of can do whatever you want but that kind of thinking leads to destructive behaviors and intentionally or unintentionally hurting people so that you can gain something from it and that sounds terrible but it's a lesson that I learned that you follow and do the things that you are most excited about yeah but you have to make sure that at some point it's a win 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 where it's a win for you, it's a win for other people, and it's also a win for the greater good of humanity. Because if you're doing two, if two people are winning in a deal, but it affects the lives of others in a negative way, then it's not really a true win. Yeah, you want the win to be between you and the person, and then the whole community, and ideally just integrated as much with nature. Like maybe the earth wins as well. It cleans the earth while it does it. Right. As many things as you can stack in there. Because as many. There's yeah. things that you and I can do that we will benefit us, make us profit. But if it comes at the cost of hurting someone else, like even though we're winning, it doesn't Yeah, really producing oil, right. Producing oil or even changing rules to say you and I wanted to start a mic and we cherry picked and gate kept who mm-hmm. got to join this mic we made it very selective it would be a win for win and win for us because you would get stage time i would be able to do these shows we'd have you know pay but if we're doing these things that end up hurting the community and then we're known as these people that like harm others or step on others or don't allow people unless they have what we believe yeah, is what creating it takes just like a toxic culture and setting up uh ga- gates where there don't need to be yeah um, but that's a lot of what I love about your content is it's very motivational and it's very inspirational. And so what are your, what are your top line goals there? Cause we met, we met in comedy, uh, at an open mic in the Romo room, which was in Austin, Texas, and they don't even have the Romo room anymore. RIP the Romo have, room. RIP the Romo room. Those were the days. Those were the days. But, uh, I think they still have headliner shows on the weekends and stuff. The whole bar shut down. Really? The whole thing. Oh, I didn't the even whole know restaurant that. is gone. Oh, the brass tap is no more. Yeah, we drove by it the other day and it was just oh. completely gone. So, and that's something that I noticed here in Austin is that there's a lot of mics that just come and go and even the first one that I ever did it's gone. They had Where was that at? The Grandstand? Oh, I don't I haven't heard of it. It was I went to their very first open mic ever and it was at this new venue and it was going there for weeks and I wish I would have went more times uh, before it 
shut down because I loved that room. It was such a good room. It had people in it. It wasn't just comics. So you got a lot of like really good energy out of it. Um, and it's gone. And here in Austin, things kind of come up. They start, they yeah, last, yeah. they're gone. And then it's it's crazy to see what stands the test of time, especially in this, because we're seeing so much of like the inception of shows that are now getting bigger, more popular, that are putting on all more events. I think it's the beginning of Austin becoming the comedy capital of the world. And you have so many comedians that see the opportunity to set up like a shop here and network with people and get uh, get a really good scene going. But in that, it creates a lot of chaos because everyone's opening a new mic and this one can get an audience and that one can't get an audience or whatever. The venue shuts down, whatever happens. Right, they're fighting for limited attention. I think we have two, we have a few really durable shows. Uh, Kill Tony is like a really durable show. That's not going anywhere as yep. long as, you know, Tony Hinchcliffe and the gang stay in Austin, which it seems like they're oh, here for like a long haul. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're here forever. I don't know. I don't know. You know, we never know what's going to happen in the next you know couple of years and what changes, but you had asked me, what is my goal with the whole motivational thing? Mm-hmm. I'm, that's something that I'm really trying to figure out because personal development these seminar series and these courses that i've taken really helped me when i was younger and it helped me kind of develop like a mindset of kind of resilience it helped me pick myself up because i genuinely have these really dark thoughts that are super boating and kind of negative and self-harming and in the mind and i do my best every day to combat that with my own personal kind of views and if like if i truly believe that everything that i put out i get back then i have to put out good i have to do good that's the idea of karma right and i want to have a life where it's good even in times where i'm harmed or taken advantage of or in danger i do the things that i can to learn from it as much as possible not take you know not dwell on it as much as possible and And in that way everything's just energy because you can take this negative energy and you can find some way to transmute that or transform that into energy that works for you either because you learned or you somehow developed from that trial um as long as you're actually getting there's always an opportunity to take everything and turn it into something positive and the feedback i get from people is really what keeps me going i've always kind of done rants on instagram or posted things that are motivational i like posting memes too but i noticed that i got a lot of different feedback from people when they say i was having a really rough week i was having a really tough time i heard your message and it really picked me up and i want to do that on a grand scale i want to do that to a point where and i think i'm also inspired by people like gary vanderchuk who says that if you want to be the motivational guy if that's what you want to do if that's what you're passionate about if that's something that you genuinely love doing then do that you know create a business around it and then kind of live off it as a training specialist i love talking to people i love teaching people i currently in my line of work i've taught policy i've taught communication skills i've taught technical skills like Microsoft and the Adobe suite at like really reputable companies and exactly in California and Austin. But what I would much rather be teaching is things like, you know, interpersonal communication, the changing of mindsets, the changing of states, the changing of life. And in the similar way that, you know, Tony Robbins is the main epitome of the Beyonce of the personal development (laughs) gurus. Right. And I don't necessarily want to get to that level or maybe I'm selling myself short, but if I could do what he does, 
help change the way others think so that they can improve their lives so that they can do better for their yeah. families so that they can do better for their communities. Like I don't ever see anything that he's ever doing is manipulative or terrible or evil. It just seems like he's trying to help others become better and he's able to live a beautiful life like that. And I guess that's what I want to do. And, and it seems like that creates the best opportunity for those good vibes to bounce back to you. I really think a lot of what you're putting out there does mm-hmm. end up echoing back in some form or fashion. Absolutely. And so if you're putting out good vibes, motivation, and like just trying to figure out. And I think, you know, when it comes to like dark thoughts and a lot of people just, we all have those. And not a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about that because it's not a great post on Instagram or whatever. And I'm not trying to tell anybody to not feel sad or upset i feel terrible constantly and i do my best to maintain the habits and routines that i have set in place so that i can continuously improve myself because on my worst days where i do not want to get out of bed where all i want to do is turn on the shower and lay in the tub in the fetal position (laughs) and trust me i've done this multiple times this year right I you, you really have to push forward and who am I to tell others to push forward and to keep on if I can't even keep on totally. so it's out of integrity if I don't do it myself and don't get me wrong I slip up plenty of times I'm still human my latest episode this know this episode I know this specific episode is going to come out in the future but episode 50 I cried on that episode because I was having a terrible mental health day and everyone is entitled to their days off. There are just some days that no matter what we do right, it just feels like an off day. And during those times, you have to do what you can to get to the next day. And that's the minimum that you can do. But even that helps people because again, that authenticity, it's relatable, but it's you're showing like, yes, nobody is superhuman on the planet. Otherwise, they would go be a god, right? Like everyone has limitations. Everyone has things that uh, they deal with. Some people have become really adept and really practiced at one thing to the exclusion of other things. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to find balance in all those things. It really is, man. And it's crazy because I have like 49 other episodes where I'm like, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going? Keep pushing. And then here I am having a day where I need my wife to come home to coddle me because I just feel like I'm overwhelmed. And burnout is really interesting. Some people say that by speaking it, and saying that your burnout causes a I think there's some to effect that, though, right? on yourself. It's whatever the energy that you're putting out there that can get echoed back to you. If you constantly tell people that I'm sick, then your brain will totally. agree that it's in a state of sickness. Have you heard of the nocebo effect? The nocebo effect? It's the opposite of placebo. Tell me so, about it. Well, placebo is like if you have, if you believe that something really good will happen, like to your body or whatever, like you think the medication that you're taking is going to work, then it actually does Mm -hmm. make a improvement. But the nocebo effect is the same idea, except with causing like a disease or like a malfunction in your body, Mm. where if you're constantly dwelling on like something is going to happen, something is going to happen, you kind of cause it to happen. And these are effects that have been documented scientifically. And I think what's interesting about them is it lines up so well with your work because it really is the power of your mind to create change. And that's a lot of the crux of motivation. Like sometimes you have to have motivation. Sometimes you have to have discipline. Sometimes you just got to be a regular human being and there's like a balance in all those things. That is the root of what I teach and what I believe and what's my own personal philosophy is that it does start in your mind. At the end of the day, you're able to take on and it's shown historically and repeatedly that people can endure 
insane tragedies and insane feats of mental, physical, emotional, just carnage and get through it and become better and still help. Like somebody that I see go through a lot is like David Goggins. He was somebody who went through something really tragic as a kid and then forced his body to push itself to a limits to the point of destruction. And when he says like, you can get up and you can, he's pushing past, I'm sure his feet hurt. I'm sure his joints hurt. I'm sure he's put his body through things that are, I can't even conceive. He's such an interesting example. Anyway, keep going. And then I have to then sit there and be like, oh, I can't get out of bed today. Yeah, right. So it makes me want to just do, be a little better. I don't want to run a, I don't want to run a marathon, but let me wake up in the morning and go for a run because that improves my overall day. Gets my body moving instead of spending an hour in bed on Instagram. Yeah. It's almost Which you're not going to feel good at the end of that hour. Like go make a post for Instagram, you know, like, you know, if you're going to be on Instagram, make something or whatever. Make content. And that's, that's what's so cool about like things like TikTok and YouTube is that there is a need for content and everybody is looking for something. And with us as there's such a need for it because of how much people are consuming at mass quantities. What if you can put into that pot something good? The, there's a wiki page called the 1% rule of wiki. And it says that 1% of the people are creating, 99% of the people are consuming. Yeah. And they relate that to like online communities. But I think that is at least how my behavior has been in the past. I've either been a consumer of Instagram or a creator of Instagram. And with everything, with everything in life. And so uh, that's an interesting stat. Another one that I liked was some some unobscene proportion let's say above 80 percent, but i think the stat was like 90 percent. are you talking about the 80 20 principle that's the pareto distribution um this is maybe that actually it could be it could be 80 20 and so i think it is uh i think 80 percent of the content created online or watched online was created in the last 24 hours so it's like mm-hmm. everyone's only watching the bleeding edge of content mm-hmm. And most people aren't creating, they're consuming. And there is something where videos that I looked at in 2012 that made me bust over laughing, I watch now and cringe. Yeah. Where the amount of content that's being put out there is just so overwhelming and you end up building a tolerance to it. Yeah, where it's the, overwhelming. So when something is presented to you, we have such a high standard for it when there are people who still have never seen an ice maker. Right. You know, in 2022, they, have, you know, or don't have clean water or, you know, like whatever it is just in the middle of conflict. And we're over here complaining yeah, that our iPhone 13 doesn't work. Yeah. We have existential crises with, you know, all of our luxuries or whatever, especially when you come accustomed to it. I can't imagine a life where, for example, like the Great Depression. I don't it was cataclysmic in the sense that you had people with fur coats waiting in soup kitchen lines. Cause everything yeah. crashed. Yeah. I don't think, I think there's a lot of safety nets that we would never experience that again it's unless maybe. super nuclear war happened. Yeah. But unless that happens, yeah, you're going to have like a bad day. You're going to lose some yeah. shit, but at the end of the day, you're fine. Like figure it out, figure it out. <laughs> uh, one of the things I really like about your content is gratitude. And I think that is such a, well, I guess, what do you think is the relationship between depression and gratitude? Um, I still think that there are certain types of ailments of the mind that definitely vary from person to person. So when it comes to something like depression, you, 
may need medical attention if it's super bad. However, the states of sadness that people kind of feel on a regular basis can be mitigated or minimalized if they focus their attention on what's going good in their life because it's so easy to complain. And I do it at an all-star level. I think that my comedy derives from me complaining and like bullying and kind of like looking at all the bad things and taking Mm -hmm. things apart so I can better understand it. But it's so destructive as as a behavior. If I'm constantly focusing on what's wrong, what hurts, what's this, it that's all my brain will then look for. Well, that's what I love about your post on TikTok is it's the countering effect to that. So if you practice gratitude on a daily basis as a routine, because it's one thing to just sit there and pray, but I genuinely think that there's there's some benefit to before you eat saying a little prayer not to it could be to god it could be to whatever i know a guy who's not really i mean he's spiritual and he just prays before he eats and i think that how many times have i stopped and just been grateful that i'm putting food in me yeah right when it, because I've taken it as just something that just comes now. Na- I'm going to wake up and I'm going to eat. It's, I've never not felt like I, I couldn't. Well, there was times where I was so broke I couldn't afford food. But How long ago was that? Three years ago. Really? That's yeah. somewhat recent. Yeah, there was a point where I was like living in my car. There was points where like I... Um, How long did that last? Not a couple of months. Like I had places to time. stay, but when those places ran out, I had to stay in my car. And that was something where I was like, oh, it's okay. I don't really have a place to go. And I scrappy got my account so in the negative that I wasn't able to buy food and overdraft my card. Damn. So I get struggle, right? And yeah. I, I do come from a, a place of privilege. I got I went to like somewhat of a good school when I was a kid. Um, I got kicked out of two Catholic schools, you know, and I was, it's a privilege that my mom was even able to afford to put me in something like that, even though whatever. So it was a private school. So a private school, dude. And even though I fucked up and, you know, was very rebellious and stuff like that's still a point of privilege. So I have to check into myself and be like, I complain so much about so many things when in reality, I'm so blessed to just even have this meal in front of me. And how often do I stop and just think like, man, I'm so thankful that I got this. You know, that guy gave praise to the universe. Other people give praise to God. Give praise to yourself. Like you were able to have this meal, whatever it may be. It's an accomplishment at such a minor level, but it's overlooked even though it can be exemplified it could be focused on so gratitude's huge for that gratitude is huge for that uh is there an element of mindfulness in it for you as well there seems to be like a lot of just taking into consideration our overall privilege in the world Mm -hmm. if you compare us to anyone most people alive on the planet today the privilege is crazy if you can but the the big thing that always gets me into the the gratitude zone is comparing yourself to history Because if you go even just 50 years, but go 500 years Mm -hmm. and you start to get a real perspective that everything we have is a privilege, clean water, you know, like that changes your life, clean water, the internet, it's the, the, uh, YouTube, you know, we have all these different, um, privileges that if you compare it to anyone in history, um, it gives you such an advantage in life, not to think about how do I get clean water? Because that takes up a lot of mental energy. 
I'd recommend a book. I believe it's by Steven Pinkerton called The Better Angels of Our Nature. And I've heard of it. the entire book is just statistics on why currently we are in the safest time yes, to yeah. ever be alive ever. Like it's the amount of people that don't die during childbirth, the amount of clean water and access to resources that we take for granted. All these things are just, it's just a basically a big old statistic book stating like why everything's so good right now but it's kind of hard to feel like it is sometimes i feel like with with the content that sorry guys with the content that is most seen online it feels like it causes divisionism it causes chaos it causes uncertainty and i get anxiety from it too i'm constantly reading headlines of like different in ukraine the war in ukraine the invasions the different types of uh you know roe v wade being overturned and all kinds of things it where seems it's like, like a regressive period that we're living in. It feels like a very regressive period. And I don't really know what the point of it is. And I'm hoping that the at the end of everything, I hope that all efforts go to the greatest possible outcome, the greater good of things. And I'm hoping that we all move towards that. It's just, it does feel regressive and kind of feels like everything is done to spite someone else or spite another totally, group. Totally. And, if anything, the world needs less of that and more things that are about bettering yourself, yeah, building a community, building a strong community, yeah, and then really kind of going back to the spite our thing roots. is rough because I think a lot of people are blind to their motivations. They're just kind of like yeah. a monkey reacting. You know, I'm going to go do that, and it, you know, it's well, not if until my team you have wins, some then that's the right choice. And if your team wins, that's the bad choice. And it's like it's not that binary. Well, thing. and also it's realizing that everyone's on the same team. Especially yeah, people. like people in our world, like Austin comedians or whatever, you know, creators. And uh, there are people fighting each other and threatening each other on Instagram. I'm not going to name names, but there are people who are straight up just saying things like, if I see you at the show, I'm going to beat your ass. If yeah, you're yeah, stealing no, my like joke, real you're stealing my crazy content, you're doing this. Threats. It's people crazy. are crazy. There's all these petty fights. And it's just like, dude, we're all just. But like whatever you're it. doing, like maybe you have a family, maybe you're trying to be a content creator, whatever you're doing, mm -hmm. there's a lot to be gained through cooperation. 100% and, uh, collaboration there, is a huge thing. Yeah. But through conflict, yes, you can develop some new science and technology, but you expend a tremendous amount of resources. You know, like anyone can look at a war and be like, well, look, we got, you know, Genghis Khan unified the currencies or Hitler the created the computer billions or of people at the cost of billions of lives, real people and uh, and resources as well. Mm -hmm. And so what you could imagine is that, yes, you do get some science and technology from war, but you also get science and technology from exploration and cooperation. Unless you burn down the Library of Alexandria yes. or you do Burke burnings, which is still happening in 2022, which is, is insanity. Is there was, uh, I think, in Indiana recently, just look up 2022 book burning, and there was one where they were putting in, like, uh, just random literature books harry potter books for some reason harry potter Still? books get burned oh a lot God. yeah constantly that's they're just crazy. like it's blasphemy that's why they keep printing so many i guess i don't understand what the main issue is I, of course it's like a rage of ideals but i do feel that some sort of like religious extremism is currently at fault for a lot a of lot the conflict of, of it but it's not just that it's an amalgamation of a different ideologies just kind of conflicting constantly but it's really weird just to see everybody fight when we should just be doing what's best for everyone and yeah. not just for certain people but yeah like i was saying i think a lot of people are blind to their motivations they're just yeah, kind of reacting yeah. and it's not until later you look back and be like oh i could have handled that better 
but uh as long as there's people out there thinking about it you know and so trying to improve. And, and to what the point you just said is that you grow older and able to kind of look in hindsight on your actions yeah. and realize that maybe being as radical as I was or taking that path or thinking that I could get away with that comes into question. It's just like you are the byproduct of everything that you've ever done, good or bad. It's only in your present time that you're able to see the things that you've done with your experience and realize that the moves that you did were correct, incorrect, the best choice. And you would hope that everything that you've done up until this point was the right choice, but the well, only it's definitely not because you're a human, you know, like and right. you have insufficient a- information and understandings. And so whatever, you're going to make mistakes or you're ignorant or arrogant or there's all sorts of ways to make mistakes. So with that in mind, despite everything that you've done up until this point, the best thing that you can do is do everything from this point forward yeah. in a way that helps and does best for not only you, but for others as well. And then you can just kind of like have... I think it's okay to be selfish, though, and start with yourself. (laughs) No, you should. There's this thing I learned about called... um, Go ahead. Called the eight dynamics. And this is a Scientology reference, but it makes sense to me to to explain this. Where if you have some sort of like conflict in any of the dynamics, they kind of all fuck with each other. So you have to be aligned constantly. And this is what each dynamic is. So your first one is yourself. Right. So you have to make sure that yourself is taken care of, because if you can't help others at a, at a level that is, you know, sufficient or or efficacious to help someone else, then I'm okay. Um, You have to make sure that you yourself are taken care of. Then if you yourself are taken care of, the next move is to make sure that the people most immediate to you are, are taken care of. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of community or whatever. Yeah. So then it's, it's your, you know, your pal, your partner, your spouse, you could be your best friend. It could be the people who are the most closest to you, yep. uh, your kids. Then it becomes like the communities that you're a part of. Yep. And then it stretches out to like the whole world. And then the other dynamics go all the way to like the God dynamic, which is just all space time and blah, blah, blah. But the first four makes sense where if I can do good by myself, I have to do right by myself. I can't just give a thousand percent to my kids and let my health deteriorate where... If you have some sort of like conflict in any of the dynamics, they kind of all fuck with each other. So you have to be aligned constantly. And this is what each dynamic is. So your first one is yourself, right? So you have to make sure that yourself is taken care of because if you can't help others at a, at a level that is, you know, sufficient or or efficacious to help someone else, then I'm okay. Um, you have to make sure that you yourself are taken care of. Both deteriorate. I have to make sure I'm doing well because if I don't, how the hell am I supposed to help my children if I can't even help myself? I'm not living in integrity. It's putting on your oxygen mask first in the airplane. Exactly. And then if I'm able to do well enough that I'm able to then spill over and then now I'm able to help those closest to me. We want to give our kids the best education. We want to make sure our, our spouse is taken care of. We want to make sure our closest friends are in a, in a good place, just yeah. like we are. And then again, if you are able to reach another level of wealth and you go a step above, then you can then start developing your communities. 
Yeah. Well, even you don't even have to be a big place of wealth. There's a lot of people currently working oh, totally. in that third dynamic, the comedians in the scene who are opening mics, the people who are buying venues and hosting shows in their backyards. Those people are working for their third dynamic, that, that community space, and even the fourth dynamic, which is the greater world. It's like all of humanity. You do your, the most important ones in the middle, and then as it spreads out, it's just, it touches more and more people. So it yeah. doesn't matter like what level of wealth you are, what level of status you are. You can always do something to help yourself that was closest to you and the community around you for the better. Yeah, like how do you actually make uh, effective changes in your community? Is it like the widow's might where it's just your day-to-day -day ministering on the street or whatever and like you're helping people as you pass them? Or do we need like top-down, systematic, well-funded plans to... Uh, to improve things. I think it's a combination of both because you have to, you have to make sure that the structures that are, are able to kind of help instead of hinder. I feel like things like school currently as they're based right now, aren't as effective as they could be, especially with all the data and education that we have, yeah. like schools can be improved. Um, things that are being taught in schools should be more relevant to like actual needs that people will be using, which is I, genuinely believe like communication skills, community building. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess your broader point is as you're starting to like motivate and work with yourself, mm -hmm. um, that can have this effect that spreads to more and more people over time. Right. And you have to be receptive to the knowledge. I can't force anybody to drink. A, you know, you can't lead right. a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. So right. if I'm able to yell into the void and send out a signal, if I can just ping one, two, maybe three people and it helps them for the better, yeah. then I'm willing to do that. Like I'd like to create programs that help with that. I'd love to create seminar series and it just helps as it's helped me as somebody who was, um, you know, arrested at 16, somebody who used to self harm and, and cut themselves on their forearms as somebody who just had all these emotions and, and issues that I didn't know how to deal with, I would love to give back to my community by kind of like educating others and saying that, hey, you don't really have to do all that. Like if you understand the capabilities and the powers and the potential that's in your mind. Well, I think that's half of it, but I think, better. I think a huge help to people is just seeing another person that is authentically sharing their experience. Mm -hmm. And then you feel like, okay, I'm not the only one who's like going through those things. Mm -hmm that's a common experience. One of my and goals is here's if ideas I, of how to, you know, make it better or whatever. One of my goals is if, uh, if Carpen, when Carpenatum monetizes and becomes something that makes money, um, and generates income, I want to donate a portion of it to feed America or some other donation place that, cause I feel like I could be giving to others and kind of build that. The more it grows, the more yeah, I able right. to give and serve. And yeah. That's yeah. good. I want to do good for this world. Cause if I die, what's people going to say to me that I fucking, made them feel bad that I came into their life and destroyed it, that I did that. And there's already people who think that. So the idea is like, how much good can I do in this world and how much good can I, can I experience? One of my buddies said something on a whim and it always stuck with me. Maybe he got it from somewhere. He probably got it from somewhere. I don't know. Uh, but it was, we're all hurting each other trying to be happy. Yeah. There's also the phrase, uh, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like so much of that stuff is unintentional. You're, you're just reacting, you know, like you have an emotional response. You should have had a rational response. Awareness comes of that. You had mentioned before the practice of stillness and kind of just being, and that's something I currently kind of, I struggle with because I have, um, 
this oh, I have all these thoughts in my head swirling constantly and I, some people would call it anxiety so it's hard for me to just kind of be in the moment where I get lost in these conversations in my head while driving mm-hmm. so I try to do my best to to kind of be present as much as I can but trust so me do you in, have like a meditation practice or how do you think about how to improve your general sense of presence breathing yep. sitting and just kind of being I don't do it often enough, but when I do, I do notice a difference in kind of state. And I've had all these resources to try and, and really keep a routine with it, but I've failed to uphold it. And I think that's that stillness and just being present is something that just changes everything for someone, especially if it feels like everything is just so chaotic. And for me, it does. <laughs> but it's hard to maintain that uh, state of mind for long. And I think that's one of the things that you can gain in meditation is, you know, like whatever, like the guy on top that's telling you to meditate, uh, give, give that voice a little bit more control to be present and to stay in the moment. And um, yeah, because that really is, I think, a lot of what creates gratitude. Um, if you're ruminating on the past or you're uh, scared of something or even fantasizing about something in the future, you're like totally missing your life. And I'm not saying that that's not something that you should do from time to time because we should all consider in retrospect and whatever. But generally, there's no point of dwelling on it. If you're not present, how the hell are you experiencing what you're experiencing in the moment? But how, how much presence do you think people have per day none yeah right like everyone's looking at their phone and yeah it's hard to be present i go like i I wake up i fucking see it the first thing in the morning even when i go on my run i have my earbuds in and that's feeding me data instead of listening to the to the sounds of nature um there's and then you it's just always connected to you're always plugged in there's always something playing Mm -hmm. there are people who take that stillness and if i do journal if i do um do some one of my practices i do feel like that's my little bit of meditation is when i do the gratitude when i create content and i'm in that moment and i'm trying to have you know work my thoughts out yeah that's my moment of just being there and seeing what comes out yeah that presence is hard to achieve so but you don't train it through any means or no in my current standing i don't and i feel like that's something i want to work on and <laughs> I'm bad thing at that, it. I try to meditate, but I'm bad that, at it. Like five minutes, that's a long time to meditate. Hell yeah, it's a long time it's to meditate. It's a long time to meditate. And then you're like, you're oh, like 30 minutes. I'm out, are you out of your mind? Make your minutes? thoughts silent. How? Yeah. You think I would do it if I already knew how to? Like, yeah. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Uh, did you ever use Headspace before? Uh, I did back in the day. I used Headspace, yeah. Headspace was fun because they were like, if a thought comes in, treat it like a feather like in a balloon. That guy's name or uh, voice, uh, Andy Puddlemore. Yeah. And he's got a funny name too. And he just is like, push your thoughts away with like a feather. And I'm just like, push your thoughts away with a feather. I, just, I can't remember his voice. And then I'm just there, like internally screaming, ah, yeah. push this thought away. Ah. I did it for like a year or something. I did Sam Harris's as well. Mm. And it's just kind of fun to have somebody guide you through meditation, I guess. My friend has an app where it's binaural beats and there's ones oh, for sleeping. There's ones for like focusing. And there's something about like putting your brain wave at a frequency to help you with all this concentration. And I'm like, yeah, you could do that. Or you could take some Adderall yes. and just fly off the handle. Yes. Not recommending, by the way. Not endorsing or recommending, but goddamn. I have such a mixed relationship with Adderall. On the one hand, I love it, and I think it's like an incredible drug. 
but it comes with a huge cost. Oh yeah. And I've been thinking about the cost of it because, you know, I toy around and, um, one of the biggest costs is, I mean, I have a legal prescription. It's, I have a subscription. I like to say to to it. And so, um, one of the, one of the benefits is you do get an increase in focus and attention, but I think that totally comes with putting you out of touch with how you're actually emotionally and physically feeling. Yeah. It dulls those senses just so that you can be more productive. Not only that, but like getting out of touch with those things just puts you naturally out of alignment with your body mm-hmm. because you're not really feeling when you're tired. You're not really feeling when you're hungry and having those like natural states guiding what you do every day, like mm-hmm. what time you wake up, what time you go to bed, what time you eat, what do you do is way better than like relying on the focus of Adderall or whatever. No, so I think it's right. totally a double edged sword. It is. And then once you're off of it, you don't feel the state that you've just accustomed yourself to. So now you feel like, Oh, I'm super tired or today I can totally feel me not having it. Yeah. Cause you were on meth for four days. So as a motivation guy, do you think that we're ever going to come up with like some kind of designer drug that is hundred percent specialized to your DNA and your Apple watch is reading what the blood requirements are or whatever. And it's like totally customized to whatever's actively happening in your body to optimize everything it's only a matter of time just because that's the way the pharmaceutical industry is just going and the hopefully i mean there's a lot of things that are just being patented and patented and patented so we're not going to be able to access it for several fucking years but if there was a way for the top scientists to collaborate i would love to take something that was similar to cocaine or that is similar to Adderall without the negative effects. Like that'd be the dream, right? Well, there's Where like, you get all the benefits without the addiction and you, what if there the, was a slider of your hormones and you could adjust be like, I want this much serotonin, all I want day, that dude. much testosterone. I I'd want... be pressing the morphine button every eight minutes. Would you, know you know what what like, what, like what if it was like part of a natural system that was like integrated with a doctor and they were like trying to figure out like, how do we perfectly optimize this person's health with mm-hmm. all of science and technology condensed into a hundred $50 pill that you take on some regular basis or whatever. Right. It's a limitless pill that gives you all the benefits without any of the downsides. And you just got to make sure that you have an ample dose and you keep it like consistent in your bloodstream. I get it. Yeah. I wish, I wish, don't, but don't until you think then, that, yeah. Okay. Until then, until then, I think it's a focus of like what you, I don't recommend anybody getting on Adderall so they can be more productive. I think that they should do their best to work on just building habits, but I am hypocritical and saying that if I, you know, I use it too. What do you think is the relationship of performance enhancing drugs in the workplace and especially among top performers, which would be celebrities, I guess, or whatever. It's competitive because you are put on such a pedestal and you want to make sure that you are able to like exemplify what you can do on such a grand scale that people feel like they constantly need an edge because no one wants to be dethroned exactly Uh, and it's it's hard especially when working in like big tech and for large companies where they expect so much from you and you got to think about it like you're human and there are some people that can produce at a whopping level but they are not the norm they are the anomalies so for us to continuously work to catch up or to maintain that it feels like we need things and sometimes we do man like even those people, though, are taking PEDs. I think tons of Dude, people. Coca-Cola is a PED, especially if you drink three of them a day just so that you can get through or the Monster day. Monster Energy drinks or Red Bulls. Oh, my God. I knew I had a manager who was huge. Like, he was just a very large man. He drank three, two to three Monsters per 
day. Oh, I could do that easy. I've done that. I've done that. Yeah, you have a infatuation with little Annie's. With what? Little Annie's. What is it? Oh, little Debbie's. Little Debbie's. I've always loved little Debbie's. I must admit, it's like a little Debbie, it's pretty freaking good. <laughs> if you could have a li- an unlimited If I could just supply. like poison myself with food, um, I would choose the poison of my choice would be little Debbie. Because everything else I eat is like the opposite of that. Healthy. For for a long time. It has been basically, you know, I have cheat periods at once a week, once every two weeks, whatever. But uh, generally day to day, I'm eating the same as I have been for a super long time. And it's super consistent. Sometimes I'm working so much I don't remember to eat. And you think that would be like the most basic thing that you could do. And my wife comes fine, comes home and I'm all stressed out. And she's all like, have you eaten? Have yeah. you drank water today? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, forgot. Yeah, that stuff to I'm a houseplant. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot yeah. I had to take care of myself. And so I think that it, that's the cost of using these performance enhancing drugs. They detach they put, you from self. Boom. Yeah. And, well, and from your natural feelings. You, how, how is your body feeling in terms of your energy? And are you hungry? Are you tired? those signals like should influence how you live your day-to-day life Mm -hmm. and if you're totally cut off from those signals as you i believe are uh with like things like adderall then i think it's pretty easy to go way out of whack um but still you know like we live in uncomfortable times because we have way too much of everything all of our problems are fake right we have the internet and doordash and everything and like real people are worried about food and water at the same time at the same time and or their government or they're like they're being hunted or whatever anyway i don't know about that but like there's a lot of people oh, in distress in the world definitely people being hunted yeah, right now. how I, many I, so many like probably like thousands dude do you forget that mexico exists yeah so yeah. they have like cartels yeah. i was watching i saw something on reddit today where a singer was handed a note and he was like if you sing tonight will kill you and he sang and he just like you saw him read the note you saw him like scratch his uh nose and just kind of like put his note in the back and started singing which is a fucking champion his wikipedia says that he later got taken by some cartel and shot in the back of the head so that exists currently yep and at the same time you're mad because your doordash order didn't come through you know what i'm saying like it's just it's perspective it's the practicing of gratitude it's really fortifying your mind and can you get to the same level of success without doing any of this uh, any of this stuff absolutely but for some people it helps and if it does if i'm able to help at least one other person then i feel like i've done my job for the day uh one thing i did want to ask you was about uh, sometimes i hear a certain stigma about people in the motivation industry that the, the they make their money by being in the motivation industry and they're not like uh, you know it's like criticizing a politician for never having a job mm-hmm. or working in the real world or whatever and so I hear people say that about Tony Robbins or like, how did Tim Ferriss get to the four hour work week by writing the four hour work week? And it's an idea, you know, like I, I think we all appreciate these people and consider their success amazing or whatever. But what do you think of that general criticism of the motivation industry? It's pretty valid because I would be lying if I said that I didn't want to be in this industry because of how lucrative it is. There's an ability here and there's a market where I can grow to a point that I can have a good income doing this and and teaching full time and being like I teach full time now. But instead of teaching policy, I was teaching mindset training, communication training. I would do that in a heartbeat. If your intention to be in the space is just a profit and to take people and kind of like 
harm people and just it's a greedy ride. I think that eventually your intentions will be known and things like that could make it to a point that it. Well, it's almost evidence that what Tony Robbins is doing is totally genuine because it it's seems been like so it long is. lasting. Well, if it wasn't, then he would have been exposed a decade ago as being fraudulent in some way. Yeah. The authenticity of his motivational content is that this is what he loves doing. Yeah. And this is how he and and I would uh, as a capitalist or whatever, everyone should want to make as much money as humanly possible. Can you make a million? Can you make 10 million? Can you make a billion? Or yeah. Whatever? And I, I remember what I was I was saying on is like if you're in this business and you're only looking at for profit or to take advantage of people you'll eventually be caught and the businesses can dissolve or your name becomes synonymous with bad reputation and there's plenty of people and gurus that are currently in the in the game that do that that profit that have connections that have money that burn people along the way but i don't want to do that so like i know that my intention is just to help others in a way and do something that i love doing and i'm hoping that one day it ends up providing for me a, an income that I can enjoy and have a, like a beautiful life. I would take that over, you know, what I do now. Are there 100%. like, are there negative examples that you can think of where people are like selling something that they're not actually living? Yeah, there's plenty of those, man. There's plenty of people who are fraudulent. There's people who just want to like push something that doesn't really have any thought behind it. And they're just good marketers or good producers. There's people who make music to go viral and then there's people who make music because they love making music right. and i feel like that's with it with every industry when it comes to this one specifically you're right where people kind of make their money by writing a book it picks up traction they build like seminar series out of it they do book signings and in these classes and tours and i want all of that man i want to do that whole thing but the intention of doing it is with the purpose of helping others Helping so the, the authenticity is in helping others for real and yeah. searching through all this content, what's mm-hmm. still relevant today, mm-hmm. how do we need to improve things or whatever. Right. And I will build my own audience. Whoever I resonate with is whoever I resonate with. I'm somebody's flavor. And as long as I'm putting yeah, something. I guess we're all, that's what YouTube taught us. We're all somebody's flavor. We're all somebody's flavor. So if your thing is to um, dance a certain dance and kind of and that's all you want to talk about you could be that person i want to be the person that like uplifts and inspires people who are they listen to my audio tapes and they're like this guy got me through the hardest times i was feeling terrible i don't want to of course i want to make money off of this and live a life i have you know bills to pay and things to live off of i'm only human but i've always had the idea that no matter what wealth level I'm at, I can give something back. I can do something. And I regularly donate or regularly donate my time or, or, you know, sometimes money. Does to Tony things. Robbins do any of that? Constantly. Like, re- yeah. So he, he matches, percentage of- he matches whatever his foundation does. So he'll, so the, to- like his business will make like $50 million donated and he'll match that. So he's fed like a billion people through feed oh, America. Cool. And at, regardless of whatever you think about it, at the end of the day, it's, an, it's such a, good for human win he owns a fucking yeah, what's, island what's authentic right? about that is that he organized all that into what it is yeah he owns decades. a fucking island and then he's also fed a billion that be people dangerous these days eh, nothing yeah, good happens on islands so why do you need to be so secluded puerto rico is an island and there's some good stuff that happens there yeah. man like it's just the caribbean I nah, it's it's a weird time and to your question like when it comes to the stigma there are people in it like in every industry that are 
false and just want to take advantage of people. And I don't feel like those people last. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully don't last. You want to make sure that the good guys win. And I feel like if you're true about what you want to do and if, if it's also helping people, it goes back to the win, 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 where you're helping not only just certain individuals, but you're able to give back to the overall community and the good of the world. Then it's not a bad thing. It doesn't matter if you think I'm cheesy. Like, what are my actions? What are my what are my accomplishments? What are my feats? There's a lot of stuff that they say about like Ty Lopez and stuff. But what is that man doing? He's teaching people. They're following his practices. Some people are able to exponentially grow their income and just do better for themselves and the ones around them. And if again you help one other person, doesn't that mean you did a good thing? I think it totally does. And I think that's what makes uh, that criticism so invalid is that these people really have organized these systems that are helping people and that's tangible and we should all make as much money as humanly possible. I don't think there's any like uh, there's something about like, you know, like a public servant and they're willing to work for, Mm -hmm. you know, like a teacher or a um, police officer or whatever. These people that are working for less. Um, in the but, hands of good people, wealth is a tool that ends up benefiting more than just themselves in the yeah. hands of bad people. It just ends up being hoarded. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think it should be, anyway. I don't think anyone should limit themselves in their no. ambitions for wealth, have, but, as, have as much infinite cash as possible. And, yep. and, but with what do you do with that cash? You, yeah, can, live, you, you can live your best life. And, you can create a legacy. Uh, you can build an well, empire. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean like when you create community and you create aid and. Yeah. Um, I know there's no, uh, there's not that many 90 year old people on their deathbed being like, oh, I should have hoarded more money. Totally. Totally. Check out Nate at Carpe Natum. And he's got a lot of motivational and gratitudinal. <laughs> is that a word? I don't know. Content. We'll make it um, a word. Check out my gratitudinal content content on carpenatum 114 it's the handle across all social platforms. It's even the website carpenatum 114com uh, Spotify iTunes and soon to be YouTube soon to be YouTube check it out it's a great podcast I've been on it thanks Nate for coming on thank you for having me